Welcome to the Relevant Financial Market Update. It's your host, Robert Hunt. Where I look at the week's financial news on non-holiday weeks that might be confusing, misleading, and take you off course and help to make it actionable, understandable, and clear. Yes, you heard we took a break over Thanksgiving, but the financial news presses on. And so does our work here at the RHF Market Update. Great show Great week of news. We're going to be looking at three items here. One, the idea that investors are still hungry for risk, but holding all that cash. You remember we're talking about those money market funds and those rates. And then an article about the stocks that the AI mania left behind. That's artificial intelligence. And then we close uh, in the recognizing the passing of Mr. Charlie Munger, one of our favorites here on the show and discuss some of his best investing and life lessons. So, at the top, article in the Wall Street Journal by Jack Pitcher, headlined, Investors are hungry for risk and holding record cash sums. Some analysts see the investor balances in money market funds as a bullish sign for stocks and bonds. So listen to this. This is November, okay? The S&P 500 is up. I want you to think about this. How much do you think the S&P 500, that those 500 companies that are representative of the U.S. stock market, one of the most common barometers of how the market is doing, how much do you think that's up this month, November of 2023? It's up 8.7% this month. The NASDAQ, that index that is comprised of primarily growth and technology stocks, it's up, guess what? Guess how much? 11% this month. And so what the article is saying is, ruh all this business of keeping cash on the sidelines, you've heard me talk about it, is this the train? Are we hearing the whistle here? Hear that train whistle rolling through the trees? Is this, is this the chance to get on board? Have we kind of been needing to hang out in cash and now we get on? Because look at how well the market's doing. Well, if you've listened to this show long enough, you know that, eh, Got to keep that time horizon long. Even though they're, you're going to read Wall Street Journal articles like this, like, well, I think it may be time, you know. Right now, there's a record $5.7 trillion parked in cash-like money market funds, many of which are yielding above 5% according to the Investment Company Institute, the article reads. But isn't it interesting that the market, you're not able to actually time it? Because if you were able to time it, what would you do? You'd look at that figure of cash and you'd say, hold on, I'm going to wait. When that cash holdings figure starts to go down, I'll know people are buying stocks and then I'll buy stocks and therefore I'll get better returns. It makes logical sense, doesn't it? But it doesn't work. Doesn't work. Markets are anticipatory in nature. They're voting machines in the short run. You are not going to get ahead of the Algorithms and machines and short-term traders, they're watching data really, really closely. So for you and I, we really shouldn't think that much about cash. We should personalize investing, meaning you may need to hold cash for you. You may have a car purchase upcoming, a down payment upcoming. These are wonderful reasons to hold cash. A really bad reason to hold cash is, I'm not so sure about this economy. I used to hear this all the time from 
financial advisors and pundits like, yeah, we just don't trust this economy. Have you ever heard that? We just don't. Ah, we just, we're just, and it sounds intelligent, doesn't it? it sounds like they've done the research. It's, things are nuanced. Don't listen to those Pollyanna long-term equity holders. Don't listen to that Robert Hunt always telling you to keep your time horizon long. You've got to be focused and shrewd and sharp. And Well, you just missed an 8.7% move in a month. So how sharp are you? How sharp am I? I'm not sharp enough to do it either. So, yes, there's a lot of cash. No, it does not mean that there's some sort of a green light waiting for you to jump into the market. Use cash as needed. Don't think that you're going to be able to just hang out for the right signal and then go into stocks. It doesn't work like that. You, as you can tell, the trains maybe left the station. Maybe not. I don't know. Stocks could be down 10% next month. Our next article by Mr. Charlie Grant. Uh, this is Wall Street Journal. The stocks that AI mania left behind. AI meaning artificial intelligence. Value stocks, subheadline value stocks look like they were making a comeback until AI madness happened. Well, let's do some definitional work, listener. What do they mean, value stocks? What are they talking about? Well, usually stocks that have less of a growth profile. So there's growth versus value. This is one of the ways investors can look at buying certain stocks. They'll put them in those two buckets. There are a multitude of others. But this is one of the more common ones. Hey, there are value stocks and they're growth stocks. What's an example of a value stock? Well, it might be a bank or a telecom company. So JP Morgan would be a value stock and AT&T would be a value stock and then ExxonMobil would be a value stock. Berkshire Hathaway would be a value stock. These, these are stocks that typically have less promising growth prospects and therefore they're in these kind of stodgier old line industries. Coincidentally, Stocks across the pond in Europe and Asia, they're typically value stocks. Even though you don't, even if you're not even trying to buy the value index, it just, the composition of those indices is value. Growth, what is growth? You probably know what growth is. It's NVIDIA, Meta, Google, Amazon.com. So, what has been the conversation to date on this growth versus value issue? So this is something that I've heard discussed throughout my history as an investor. Well, yeah, you got to mm, get on the growth train here. It was the late 90s, for those listeners that recall that time period in our country's history, when growth investing was all the rage and those tech stocks just took off and value was left behind. And then boom, 2001 happens and oh, people rotate into value again. Oh, we were fools for being interested in growth. Well, what's happening right now? We had this run of growth that the pundits, the experts, they kind of looked around and said, well, surely there's going to be this reversion to the mean. These value stocks will lead again. And typically that's what happens. You'll have seasons where value stocks do better and seasons where growth stocks do better. My advice, no surprise, do what's called a blended index, meaning just a basic plain vanilla index weighted on market capitalization or the size of the company. And therefore you'll have a mix of value and growth and you will be able to Keep your time horizon long. You won't be a slave to the up and down short-termism that is value investing exclusively or growth investing exclusively. Now, here's the challenge for an investor. So the article explains, shares of big tech companies are surging this year and racing past value stocks again, powered by investor optimism about the promise of artificial intelligence. Now, 
Do you know what artificial intelligence is? You may. What artificial intelligence is, is the, I think it's just excellent software, but it's the idea that machines and software and computing will be able to think in a superior manner to human beings by such a great margin that a number of industries will be completely transformed and a number of jobs will be totally eliminated. So perhaps you've watched sci-fi and seen the dark side of what AI could be, or if you've played with ChatGPT, which is a basically a text bot where you can ask it certain things and it spits it out. That's artificial intelligence in the early stages. So what's happening is the top market's now saying, mm-hmm, it's a voting machine in the short run. Hey, I think these companies will be able to make a ton of money on this AI, this artificial intelligence. And therefore, because they are growth companies, because who's leading in this AI push? Well, it's not AT&T and JP Morgan and ExxonMobil and Berkshire Hathaway, these kind of old line value stocks. It's actually these growth stocks. It is. So the article reads, on the value side, six of the 10 largest stocks are down this year. Chevron, down 20%. Johnson & Johnson, Merck, and that's a pharmaceutical, and Bank of America in the red. So these growth stock companies, the article explains, they deliver faster than average earnings growth. Value stocks, by contrast, boost profits more slowly and are considered a bargain because they trade at these lower multiples. Okay. It will always be tempting investor, I'm tempted by it, to want to rotate into the unloved category for the season in hopes of picking the bottom or of chasing performance of the good index. So in this situation, and it's hard to do, the answer is nothing. And a lot of times people will disguise a value or a growth tilt with some other newfangled flavor of the month investment fund. So they may not call it a growth fund. They'll call it, you know, an AI index. Well, it's just a growth stock fund. Or on the value side, they'll say, this is our high dividend yield index. And you look through it, it's all the same stocks of a value index. So you don't have to do that. In fact, it is probable. I'm going to say this is the the proprietary Robert Hunt financial data, but I'm giving it to you, the listener. It's my estimate is that about 95% of investors, both institutional and individual, who try to rotate between value and growth will trail the index over a long period of time. Now, I don't have that data. This isn't SPIVA data where I can actually look at expenses and fees. I'm saying if you rotate between the growth index, which is very cheap, and the value index in hopes of timing correctly the moves, I am projecting. You've heard it here with no actual data, but just that Robert Hunt financial hunch, I am projecting that 95% of people will actually fail to beat the blended, which is the S&P 500 index. So don't, don't try it. You'll also just not sleep as well. You'll think you'll go crazy. Because <laughs> five years later onto your value tilt, your growth tilt, and you, you're, you're now trailing by 40 or 50%, you're not going to stick with it. For investors that can stick for their entire lifetimes with a growth strategy or value strategy, you're probably okay. Because as long as you keep your costs low, and if you just buy the Vanguard growth index or Vanguard value index, you're going to be fine over 80 years. It, you'll lead sometimes, you'll lag sometimes, whatever. Most of us humans can't do it. So let's just step away from the punch bowl and keep it simple. And in closing, one of our favorites, Mr. Charlie Munger. This is Warren Buffett's right-hand man at Berkshire Hathaway. I appreciate one of our 
faithful listeners to this show texted me. I had not heard the news, so I appreciate you. You know who you are. Alerting me to his passing. He was 99 years old. And there is an article in CNN. That's right. We read across both sides of the aisle here at the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. CNN article came out just with an overview on his life, explaining who he was. There's possible some of you listeners are not familiar with Charlie Munger. You certainly heard of his uh, boss, in a sense, partner is probably a better word, Warren Buffett, who both gentlemen from Omaha became some of the best investors to ever do it. And so Munger's story is one of keeping costs low. He was fanatical about it, absolutely fanatical. Investing simple, he prided himself on making one investment and letting it ride for decades. Costco being one of his famous ones. And time rising long. I mean, you don't make it to 99 without a long-term vision, but he, he had the longest-term vision, and it benefited him greatly. And so I just have some, some quotes and some comments, but he was also just incredibly candid, which was such a refreshing thing. He would call a spade a spade, bit of a genius, graduated magnum cum law. Oh, yeah, Matt. I don't know a lot of from Harvard Law School, which I don't know if I've heard of that school before, but it must I'm familiar with Texas A&M, so it could have been a theater school of sorts. Very smart man. Um, I love this quote. He says, on investing in technology companies, which he didn't understand, he said, we were not, him and Warren Buffett, we're not ideally located to be high-tech wizards. How many people of our age quickly mastered Google? I've been to Google headquarters. It looked to me like a kindergarten. Hilarious. We have computers with algorithms trading against other computers. We've got people who know nothing about stocks being advised by stockbrokers who know even less. He had a great ability to call out the investment management business, which I loved. We've got a curse word in this one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase. You'll understand when I do. This is the, on the importance of just sitting tight, not moving. He says there are huge advantages for an individual to get into a position where you make a few great investments and just sit on your butt. You are paying less to brokers. You are listening to less nonsense. And if it works, the governmental tax system gives you an extra one, two, or three percentage points per annum compounded. So... Mr. Munger there is highlighting the importance of every time you buy and sell, the IRS gets their pound of flesh on a capital gain or a short-term gain even if you don't hold it more than a year. By just sitting on your bottom and letting it ride, you increase your returns. This is a funny one on government deficit. It's a man who jumps out of a building is okay until he hits the ground. That was a 2023 meeting. Hilarious. This is a really important one. This is on mastering emotions. Listen to this. That's Charlie Munger. A lot of people with high IQs are terrible investors because they've got terrible temperaments. And that is why we say that having a certain kind of temperament is more important than brains. You need to keep raw, irrational emotion under control. You need patience and discipline and an ability to take losses and adversity without going crazy. You need an ability to not be driven crazy by extreme success. Love, love this. This is his quote on success. He says, it's so simple. You spend less than you earn, invest shrewdly, and avoid toxic people and toxic activities, and try and keep learning all your life, etc., etc. And 
do a lot of deferred gratification because you prefer life that way. And if you do all those things, you are almost certain to succeed. And if you don't, you're going to need a lot of luck. So great, great quotes. Sad to see Mr. Munger gone. We will miss one of the great truth tellers in the investing world. And some of my favorite videos, if you ever dare to go down the YouTube rabbit hole, is to watch videos of him at these Berkshire Hathaway meetings. And typically Warren Buffett will have some two or three minute answer that outlines in detail his various thoughts on a subject. And then Charlie Munger will come in with a two second one liner that is equally true and comprehensive and makes everybody laugh. So one of my favorite quotes is not in the article, but uh, Warren Buffett and him didn't always agree on everything. And so Charlie would, in those moments would say, Charlie, he would say, Charlie Buff, Charlie Munger would say to Warren Buffett, he'd say, Warren, you're smart and I'm right. So eventually you'll see it my way. I love that quote. You're smart and I'm right. So eventually you'll see it my way. So let's learn from Mr. Munger. Be willing to do nothing at times. Be willing to be learning machines. Always, you're listening to the podcast. That's a great start to be a learning machine, but don't forget to read the books. One of Charlie Munger's greatest assets that he had is he was a voracious reader. And he just never stopped learning. Even at 99, he was still seeking to learn. So as a reminder, even the greatest investor of all time, his net worth at the end of his life was $2.7 I believe he gave away, I mean, probably much more than that in his life. But our time horizon isn't forever, even though it's long. So while we say on the Robin Hood Financial Market Update, hey, keep that time horizon long. Don't be a gambler. Don't, don't treat the stock market like a casino. Even uh, Charlie Munger, at the end of his life, will have the same net worth we will have at the end of our life. And it will be zero. So keep that in mind when you are putting things in perspective that uh, there's a great deal more to life than your investing prowess or success. As always, keep those costs low, keep that investing simple, and keep that time horizon long. That's what's going to give you the best shot. 